Today's episode of the SI Gambling Podcast is presented by the good folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We love DraftKings Sportsbook, and this week there is another full slate of games to look forward to. And luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the United States, not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds boosts and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, so you don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI, the letters SI, when you sign up. And for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's happening, everybody? This is the SI Gambling Podcast presented by DraftKings.com. Ben Heisler joined by my guy, Frank Tadeo. No Corey Parson, no fantasy exec for the next couple days. So Frankie and I will be holding down the fort. And we got a couple special guests with us for today. Let's start with the road team. Uh, he does an outstanding job over at All Bengals as part of SI's Maven Network. Uh, James Rapine is with us. Uh, James, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, Ben. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Good to have you on with us. And then also from Brown's Digest, uh, always good to have Pete Smith on the show as well. What's up, Pete? Hey, how's it going? Everything's good. So appreciate you guys all being here today. We wanted to take today's podcast and focus it on tonight's Thursday night football matchups. We're going to cover it from all angles with both of the beat reporters as well as the sharp action coming in from Frankie. So uh, let's start by just going into what has been the conversation leading up to this week. Uh, You have Cleveland coming off uh, just a brutal opening week loss, uh, Pete. And that was something that I think surprised a lot of us. You know, Frankie and I were even talking about it. We thought that the Browns, especially uh, where a lot of the sharp action was, uh, that they were going to hang with with Baltimore, that this was going to be a team under Kevin Stefanski uh, that was going to be a little bit more disciplined. We'd certainly see a lot more play action. And in the first half, they, they kind of kept it close. And then really Baltimore just started to pour on them. So what's been the conversation like in Cleveland this week? That's a loaded question. The conversation has largely been around, you know, trying to trade Odell Beckham or, you know, is Baker Mayfield done and we need to move on to Case Keenum. I mean, that's the level of sort of, you know, over the the typical overreaction that that, uh, we have for week one. I I mean, I think the reality is that as as as, you know, expectation wise, I I think it was safe to say the Browns were going to lose that game, but they looked far worse than we expected. They were not a few mistakes from winning that game. They were a few mistakes from competing in that game. And that's not the end of the world, but the fact is that, that because they made those mistakes and the games were, was so lopsided that it makes it look worse than probably it really is. Uh, but, you know, with this quick turnaround, it suddenly becomes sort of a, 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 you know, a tough situation for both teams and that both teams are dealing with injuries. Both teams are trying, you know, in this shortened offseason, you have the the issue of, uh, you know, soft tissue injuries and all that stuff. And now you're four days and saying, let's play again. So I think 
beyond the whole, you know, can they win? Can they get themselves on track? Can they do all these things is, you know, everybody collectively holding their breath that people just stay healthy. That's pretty remarkable considering that we've already gotten the trade Odell Beckham and bench Baker Mayfield conversation after week one. Uh, Meanwhile, James, uh, it looks like the Bengals do have a quarterback. Granted, it's a small sample size, but the Bengals should have won that game against the Chargers. The A.J. Green touchdown called off, the missed field goal at the end of the game. Uh, I would imagine that it was a little bit more of an optimistic conversation, even with the lost week one in Cincinnati. It was, and really because of that final drive that Joe Burrow put together after that really awful boneheaded mistake where he had the shovel pass that was intercepted by Melvin Ingram, he responded. And on the very next possession, went 8 of 11, drove the Bengals right down the field and and threw the game-winning touchdown, but it was called back. And so I I think that's what people remember. But there were a lot of missed opportunities against a a pretty good Chargers defense, not just that pass rush, which we spent a a lot of time talking about Bosa and Ingram. But the, the secondary, and, and they were able to, to exploit that and get guys in space and, and free up a couple deep shots. And Burrow was 0 for 5 on passes of 20 yards or more downfield. And so I look for that to be a, a factor here. When you talk about the, the Browns injuries, specifically in the secondary, Greedy Williams out, Kevin Johnson out. I think the Bengals are going to take some shots again. And it's up to Burrow, who gave himself a D which I think was nuts. And most people, I think, um, said the same thing. He was very critical of himself after the game. I think he plans on hitting some of those shots on Thursday night. Frankie, from a gambling perspective, when we were looking sort of on the outside looking in for both Cincinnati and Cleveland, uh, where was a lot of the sharp money going initially? And then as far as the adjustments from week one to week two, there's always so much overreaction. Um, What have you heard so far as far as where things are starting to at least snowball heading into the Thursday night game? Yeah, well, as we know, betting, especially with the NFL, is a lot about optics. And like you said, there's been a big overreaction because, in in all honesty, I mean, the from uh, week one, we know that the uh, Bengals, they definitely hung in there. And they were a controversial uh, pass interference call, as James highlighted, away from being able to pull out an upset victory over the Chargers at home. But now, you know, but uh, a large portion of that game, Joe Burrow was under a lot of pressure. But that offense definitely looked like, you know, it could make some plays. Joe Mixon was a little bit more bottled up than most people thought. But A.J. Green looked like he was coming out. And a lot of people were, you know, initially with the money, we saw that this line here in in Vegas opened with the Bengals catching seven and a half. And now that line currently six sits with only catching six points. So there's been a point and a half move through several prime numbers moving through seven as well. That's a big number to move from. In addition, we saw that 77% of the money is on the under as the total opened here in Vegas at 46 and it currently sits at 43 and a half. Well, as we know, the Sharps don't always look to follow the uh, public steam or the early steam. And they've spoken and they've spoken loudly this morning. Their play on this game, the Vegas Whispers sharp play for Thursday night is on the over 43 and a half. They're they're expecting these offenses to get back on track. Baker Mayfield had a better, better showing for Odell Beckham Jr. to probably get more involved for Nick Chubb to possibly find his first touchdown of the 2020 20 campaign and right now they're following the trend which shows that the over 
is actually 4-0-1 in the last five meetings in this battle for Ohio. So they're following that trend and they're following it strongly. They found value in that adjusted lowered number of 43.5 after the odds makers initially had it posted at 46. So fellas, expect some points on the board tonight on Thursday Night Football. So there you go. A lot of times these Thursday night games tend to be really sluggish or they tend to be blowouts. But the fact that we're going to, you know, at least from the Vegas side, expect to see some points. Already a Vegas Whispers play from Frankie early in the podcast today. Normally you got to wait towards the end, but we're able to get it for you a little bit on the earlier side. And for more of Frankie Sharp action plays, especially at the moment they come out, you can become an SI Fantasy Pro member for just $19.99 a month. So, Let's talk about uh, you know some of these offenses, at least from you know where we might be able to find a couple uh, edges when it comes to props, guys. Uh, so, Pete, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, as far as the first touchdown score, you have Nick Chubb at plus 450, Joe Mixon plus 700, and then Kareem Hunt at plus 900. Um, I would imagine for Cleveland, Pete, that they're going to want to get back to the running game because that's what opens up that play-action game for Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski's offense. So Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, plus 450 and plus 900 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Do either of those bets sound intriguing to you as far as the Browns using the running game to get themselves in the end zone first? Yeah, and that's one of the things that sort of carried over from last year is they they had been running uh, the wide zone scheme. They've just been more dedicated to it. So all of those guys have experienced in it, save for Jedrick Wills, uh, who's questionable for this game, but they had plenty of holes against Baltimore. Uh, they they ran the ball really well. I think it was 23 for 132 between those guys. Uh, the only issue is that they fumbled the ball each. Uh, Chubb lost one. Kareem Hunt was able to get his back, but they, the opportunities were there, but the, once the game sort of got out of hand, they, they basically, I think, just made the decision, why are we going to you know, put added carries on these guys that aren't going to benefit us? So yeah, and the other part of that is is the Bengals are down both Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels. So Chris Covington may be the next man up at the three-tech. Uh, DJ Reader's a, very, a, a good nose tackle, but if they could get uh, the Ravens off the line of scrimmage with Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, I, I think they're going to be looking to take advantage of Chris Covington. Let me follow up with you real quick, Pete, because one of the props that I'm really intrigued by tonight is the over on Nick Chubb receiving yards. It's currently set at 10 and a half. Um, I know that Kareem Hunt is sort of the de facto receiving back there, but um, in in plays that present itself, they're not afraid to throw Nick Chubb the ball, right? Absolutely not. In fact, despite uh, people suggesting he was a, a really bad pass receiver coming out of college, every year he's gotten a little bit better. And last year that came to fruition where he – Caught, it may have been against the Bengals. James may remember this. Uh, that he caught a ball over a defender in the corner of the end zone. So Kareem Hunt is certainly a better, more natural receiver, but they're not afraid to give Chubb the ball at all, whether it's on screens or, or dump offs or some of those type of things. I mean, they 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 worked uh, some concepts where they had them both go out on passes, uh, both backs in the game, both going out on routes. So they're they're certainly not afraid of him, and obviously, if if you get the ball in his hands with less defenders in front of him, he's more than talented to to make ten guys uh, miss. He he, it's certainly going to be easier for him if he's only dealing with six. 
And James, when it comes to Joe Mixon and trying to figure out how to get this guy going, because he's such a critical part of what they do offensively and allowing Joe Burrow to have some open passing lanes. Right now, rushing yards props at DraftKings Sportsbook. The over-under is set at 75.5 for Joe Mixon. And then on the receiving yards, not fairly high totals. You have A.J. Green leading the way at 53.5. A Tyler Boyd might be a bit of a value at over over under 50.5. Um, so as far as those numbers go, do you think it's going to be more about a game plan to really get Mixon involved early, or do you see Burrow having to, you know, try and, and keep up with Cleveland's offense here and maybe sling it around to pick it? And maybe there's value on either AJ Green or Tyler Boyd as far as hitting those overs. Yeah, I think the the value is certainly Tyler Boyd as I look at this, and that has a lot to do with the Browns secondary because they they have Denzel Ward. I assume he's going to shadow AJ Green for the most part, and I'm not sure who's going to guard Tyler Boyd right with Kevin Johnson down. So I, I think that. He offers you plenty of value. He had four receptions on five targets last week. Didn't have a target in the first half. A lot of that had to do with the offensive line. But the Chargers secondary is much better than the Browns, at least on paper. So I would expect Boyd to be much more involved. He had three receptions on that final drive. So he clearly has a rapport with Joe Burrow. And so I could certainly see him, uh, you know, having eight, ten receptions on Thursday night. As for Joe Mixon, There's no doubt about it. They got to get him going, and they have against the Browns. He's played six games against the Browns, averaging over five yards per carry. Last year ran for 308 yards in two matchups against Cleveland. So they want to get him going on the ground. In the one area that they didn't use him on Sunday against the Chargers that they need to really utilize is his pass-catching ability. He only had two targets, one catch. It was the first offensive play for the Bengals was a, a catch for Mix, and I think it went for two or three yards. And that was it. I look at this Browns team, and yes, it's a really high-end defensive line. Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, they're stacked. But try those linebackers. Try to get Mixon in space and, and, and design a couple pass plays for him. Run a couple screens. Do things like that. One, to get Joe Burrow in a rhythm, which he was mostly out of rhythm last week. But also, you're getting to the ball, get, getting the ball into the hands of a playmaker in Mixon who could certainly make plays in space. So I, I like both of those. And obviously, AJ Green, he's a highlight machine. He looked the part last week and uh, almost had the game-winning touchdown, like we said. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if he hits the over as well if it's at 53 and a half. Frankie, any particular leans as far as props goes? Have you had a chance to, uh, you know, rub elbows with Prop Man over in Vegas today? Where, where are your particular leans, at least for this game? Yeah, well, prop man did get down on one guy, and it, it highlights a guy that we've been just been discussing previously, and that's Tyler Boyd. He's actually going over his receiving yards of 50 and a half in this game. For me as well, I would actually be looking to to Austin Hooper yeah. to score to score a touchdown at plus 250. I believe that that is a solid wager because of the fact that if we look, he really wasn't involved in Week One, but and he actually was vultured by the touchdown reception on the goal line by. David Njoku. And if we look at, we know that David Njoku is actually going to miss this game tonight. So I actually envision that Austin Hooper is going to become more involved in this offense. And I think he might get a goal line look. So I think scoring a, a touchdown at, you know, at positive odds of over two to one, he's definitely a guy that you would be looking at. And in addition, as we talked about, I actually also like the over 
uh, rushing and receiving yards, Joe Mixon, which is currently set at 87.5 over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I actually agree with what we were discussing earlier that Mixon is going to have to become more involved. As we know last week, he was bottled up, but he was still able to get 69 yards on the ground. And I think that he'll actually be more involved in the passing game tonight. And I think that is a very attractive number to be going over and expect a more protective, a productive af- effort from Joe Mixon in week two. Yeah, that week one total, a nice total from uh, from Joe Mixon. Before we go, guys, uh, Pete, James, and Frankie, let's get a prediction from each of you. Uh, Browns currently uh, are minus six uh, in this game Thursday night football tonight. Uh, we're looking at an over-under of 43 and a half. Uh, so, Pete, let me go to you first. Give me a prediction against the spread. Uh, Browns minus six, over-under 43 and a half. Where are you going? I would take the over, uh, but I'd probably take the Bengals with the points. Okay. James, what about you? I would take the points as well. I think it's going to be Browns 23-20, so the under, just barely the under. All right. And then, Frankie, close us out. Where are you going? We obviously know that the Vegas Whispers play is the over 43-and-a-half. Uh, what about as far as the spread goes? As the guys were just pointing out, the Bengals are 9-2 and two against the spread in the last six meetings in Cleveland. But there's one important thing that we have to look at, boys, on the flip side. The favorite is actually 8-2 and two ATS in the last 10 meetings between these two clubs. And the Browns have won three of the last four straight up. I tend to lean towards the Browns and a bounce-back performance. I would lay the six. All right, good stuff. You can follow James over at si.com slash NFL slash Bengals at all Bengals. And Pete, you can check out Browns Digest by going to si.com slash NFL slash Browns. Uh, guys, always a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us here on the SI Gambling Podcast. Frankie and I will be back again tomorrow, as well as a special guest, Casey Olson, our UFC and MMA betting analyst who continues to just put out 70 plus percent picks and of course it's freaky friday in major league baseball which means that frankie will have some mlb plays as well and maybe we'll get down a little bit as far as some other plays heading into week two and the nba and stanley cup playoffs continue so plenty of action make sure you guys are are back with us tomorrow on the si gambling podcast presented by DraftKings. and don't forget about that si fantasy pro membership for all of our betting and dfs plays so for frankie for james for pete i'm ben we're out everybody we'll talk to you tomorrow